We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure you say whatever? We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the 2020 version of the Barbecue Central Show. It is a show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. We originate from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. Plenty to get into tonight. Don't you worry about it. Now, if you want to take part, if you want to jump in on the show tonight at various points, here's how you do that. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening. Coming up in about 12 minutes from now, maybe 13, because it is a brand new month of a brand new year. That makes it the first Tuesday of the month. And you know that's going to bring a visit from the creator of How to Barbecue Right and the pitmaster of Killer Hogs competition team. A YouTube sensation, not even a veritable sensation, a legitimate sensation. Malcolm Reed kicking us off in the new year in his traditional 914 segment. Starting the second year, by the way, 2019 was Malcolm's first full run. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, we got 11 out of 12 months. I think there was one Tuesday where he wasn't available. But otherwise, I mean, that's a pretty good run for a regular guest. Then we will talk. So we'll talk to him out. Then 935. Traditionally, I have another guest or segment interview lined up, but I was going to keep this one open in the first hour because the second hour guest is widely known to take up uh, all the segments I will allow him to have because we're conversationalists together. I'll get into that here in just a moment. But I wanted to leave 935 open. For me, I wanted to leave it open for you in case you want to weigh in. And, of course, I'm talking about one of the biggest stories to hit social media and websites in general and NPR news affiliates in general, which was the KCUR NPR affiliate in Kansas City that ran a story about the Kansas City Barbecue Society. And if you read it on headline alone, you would think that KCBS will be out of business, defunct, and or otherwise non-existent in the span of the next 48 hours or sooner. But it's not really the case. So we'll talk about that article. If you didn't read it, uh, you must not be on social media at all and following anybody that has anything to do with barbecue, especially me and my show page because it was prominently displayed early yesterday morning. But if you didn't, I will give you some highlights of that article. I will also go over, maybe not the whole thing, but a majority of the KCBS response, which was released a handful of hours ago. And then I would like your input. I have some ideas and opinions of my own that I may or may not weigh in or We'll see how far I decide to get into weighing in on that. And that'll take up the balance of the first hour. Second hour, we will resume conversation with my other first Tuesday of the month guest, who originally was in that 935 slot, but we realized quickly that we needed much more time. So I have designated the second hour as the official 2020 
Sam the Cooking Guy Hour. My pal Sam Zion will join us, and we have plenty to talk about. He's writing books. He's opening new restaurants that are across the the path from his current restaurant. Not not tacos. This is not 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 a restaurant that we'll be talking about. We're getting an update on. It's got to be close to opening, I think. If I'm not mistaken, the name of that restaurant that is just across the fountain from Not Not is called Gray's, but we'll get confirmation from Sam on that as well. My memory's not that great. He might have mentioned the name the last time he was on, but it was also top of the second. We, we were accommodating that time. So, Sam the Cooking Guy in the second hour. If you have questions for him, hit the chat, hit me on email, all that good stuff, and we are off and running. 216-220-0966 is the phone number. Greg at com is the email address. First and foremost, let me say this. Great to be back with all of you. First show of 2020. I'm ready to get after it. First thing is first. Many of you, and I can't thank you enough, have been asking me through social media posts and direct messages and personal emails and phone calls on how Bobby's surgery went, which was a week ago today, believe it or not, sitting on the week past New Year's Eve. So one week post-op, we are six to eight weeks non-we, she is six to eight weeks non-weight bearing. That basically is letting the labrum repair heal, but more importantly, the broken hip part heal properly. So in talking with the doctors and the two guys that operated on Bobby last Tuesday are the foremost authority of doctors that are doing this type of procedure in the country, perhaps the world. People are traveling the country to come to Cleveland to have these two guys do this surgery, which is labral repair and a periacetabular osteotomy, I believe is what it's called, osteotomy, periacetabular osteotomy. So because of her hip dysplasia or, or the, how bad it was, so normal hips, you know, the comes over the ball of the femur, but hers is more like this. So there's quite a bit of play, hence the rip of the labrum. And in order to repair that, uh, the first doctor goes in, makes the labral repair, kind of reshapes the ball part so it can fit into that properly. And then another doctor comes in and breaks her hip in four different places or cuts it and then puts in some guy wires, for lack of a better term, and then pulls the hip over and then adds three to four, five or six inch screws, orthopedic screws, of course, and that holds it in place. Hence the non-weight bearing time frame and the potential recovery of six to eight months. So we'll see what happens. Now, all things considered, everything went extremely well. The healing process, although we're only a week out, uh, seems to be getting better day by day. She seems to be getting a little bit stronger day by day. And thank God the pain has become much more manageable a week out. In fact, I was way more concerned uh, 24 hours in that the hospital was not going to give any kind of pain medicine other than Percocet, which, by the way, we can get at the local drugstore. You go to the hospital because they have really good, really good drugs. Takes the pain away. But we're in such a mindset of opioid addiction. I get that. But there is a time frame when the pain is there. If you have it, I mean, that's why you go. Got it under control 24 hours later, and she's been able to muscle out an hour or so from you know four-hour pain increments. So it's been great. Thanks to everybody who has reached out and given me well wishes and all that good stuff. So uh, she's remaining positive. And look, the ultimate goal for her is to get back at some point in the summer, hopefully sooner, to college where she can start her second season of volleyball at Seton Hill University in Greensburg, Pennsylvania. So that's the main goal. Uh, my personal goal is that her hip is now in the right place. According to the doctor, after he got in there, that was doing the labral repair. He was very surprised that she was actually able to not only finish the first volleyball season, 
but play at the level she was playing at, leading the team in blocks, fifth overall in kills. Talk of her in freshman of the year in conference. So she had a really successful freshman season. But according to the doctor, he's a little perplexed at how she was able to play at such a high level given the uh, amount of labrum that was torn off, uh, better than 80%, if you can believe. So a tough one there upstairs as she is recovering, and I'll give you some updates as we move forward over the next coming months. But once again, thanks so much for asking and the well wishes and all that good stuff. All right, we got a big show lined up for you. Malcolm Reed coming up out of the break. I will talk to you quickly about Southside Market and Barbecue. They are with us through 2020 as well. The oldest barbecue joint in Texas starting in 1882. Southside has been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. Famous for the original beef sausage. That's coarse ground and a natural pork casing. They also have authentic Central Texas barbecue meats as well. All meats, including the prime briskets, are smoked low and slow for many hours over real Texas post oak wood. They do ship nationwide via the online store at southsidemarket.com. They ship fresh and smoked sausages nationwide to me and you alike. Shipping customers can choose to order now, ship later, include custom gift notes, mail to multiple addresses without additional charges. Keep that in mind for next holiday. All the items are vacuum sealed and packed with dry ice to ensure complete freshness upon arrival. Instructions are there, too, to reheat it. All meats processed in the on-site USDA-inspected facility. Two restaurants. Are you hungry? You want to try Southside Market? Go ahead. Elgin, Texas, since 1882, and Bastrop, Texas, since 2014. I think they added a third location, too. Can somebody fact-check that, please? I don't want to give you fake news. Grocery store distribution through Texas and many of the surrounding states... If you're like me and you got to go online to southsidemarket.com, you can save yourself 10% each and every time you order with the code. You know what it is. BBQ Central, all lowercase and one word, BBQ Central. You get 10% off everything that you order online at southsidemarket.com. All the sausages, all the sausage slammers, all the briskets, all the ribs, you name it, 10% off. Again, not a first-time offer and every time off. BBQ Central is the code. Malcolm Reed is coming up next. You'll stick around and we'll be right back all together. Live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher's Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, and seasonings, barbecue sauces, and grilling oils, all of Butcher Barbecue products have been tested on the competition circuit as well as backyards worldwide. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood and visit butcherbbq.com to stock up now. Always trust your butcher. That's right. It's a new year. It's the first Tuesday of the month of the new year. And we will race to the hotline and welcome back Malcolm Reed from How to Barbecue Right. Happy New Year, pal. Happy New Year, Greg. What's happening, man? Well, we are a week into it, and everybody wants me to say it, and you know it as well, Malcolm. 2020 rapidly coming to a close, so we have to get after it right now, and uh, you know, plenty to get to with you tonight, of course. So, as we are talking about New Year's and all that stuff, what kind of a New Year's celebration goes down at a Malcolm Reed homestead? Oh, man, I took it easy this year. Oh, yeah? We, uh, 
Yeah, I got up. I got so I'm, I did get up and and, and uh, wake up and bring in the new year with Rochelle and Michael was still up. But I went back to bed and got up at four thirty. Went up with hunting New Year's Day. Oh yeah. So so I didn't really do much celebrating. We uh, <clears throat> I guess I'm, I'm getting old, Greg, showing my age. But we started celebrating on the thirtieth. So me and Rochelle, that's when we go out to dinner. Uh, we we went out to a really nice uh, uh, place here in Memphis and uh, had a had a nice meal, a couple bottles of wine, and took it easy on New Year's Eve. And then I got up and hunted New Year's Day, and Shell made the black eyed peas and greens and and uh, hog jowl and all that. So it's kind of traditional. Are you a so are you a traditional guy or are you also a superstitious guy when it comes to food that you eat on New Year's Day? No, man, that's just, that's what we eat. Yeah. That's, you, you gotta have it. Yeah, I guess, I guess I'm a little superstitious because I believe that, you know, I believe all that, uh, gotta have the peas and the greens and the hog jowl. It's the luck, the money and the, and, uh, and the wealth. <laughs> well, you're covered. So, uh, this should be a great year for Malcolm Reed and the How to Barbecue Right team. So, uh, so you don't watch the ball drop. I mean, uh, I would tend to agree with you. I'm not going to speak for you, but I would say that. This whole staying up thing and partying like it's 1999, that's more of a young man's game, right? I used to go downtown to Bill Street, and we you know, had the big party downtown, did it for many years in a row. But uh, I, I turned, we had the TV on, and uh, you know, I watched it. Of course, there were people shooting fireworks and all that, but uh, my dog was going crazy. Well, I don't <laughs> she know. Hates it. Did you guys have the same issue? Uh, and, I mean, we're in totally different areas i'm probably a little bit more uh urban set than you are uh, perhaps Uh, there was an extreme amount of gunfire going off i'm not talking about people shooting each other but you know in the mean streets of cleveland it's a daily occurrence but people were going out in the street and shooting guns off into the air and look uh, i'm a huge second amendment guy i have a concealed carry license if you bump into me on the street there's probably a really good chance that i have my strap on me and all that good stuff i have never once thought that it would be a great idea to pull out my smoke wagon and start blowing off a couple rounds into the air do you know why because the bullet has to come down somewhere it's going up coming down right well you know how we live uh, we've got we've got uh Folks like to blow up that Tannerite, so it's a little bit more explosion yes. than well, a gunfire. Well, I mean, that that is definitely a whole new level, but I mean, I would hazard a guess that they're not lighting that off or they're not shooting that stuff in mass crowds. I mean, these guys are in a rural set, or I'm sorry, in an urban setting, just shooting guns off. I mean, those bullets are going to come down on people. Oh, that's, you know, I, I see it all the time in Memphis. We don't, we don't get it too much down where we are because we're kind of out in the burbs, I guess, on the edge of the country where I am. But yeah, definitely – Definitely in, in the city, man. That's a big thing. Yeah. Well, uh, I think that's uh, another reason why I like to stay about 10 miles east or west of a city instead of being right down. Um, now, uh, before New Year's, obviously, there was Christmas. And before the actual event, we had talked about things that maybe you were recommending, things you might have been hoping to get. So reveal to us uh, perhaps the one or two best items that Sandy left under the tree for you. Well, Rochelle came through. She got me my cart, man. My wood cart that I wanted. You and, know what? Uh, I did see that. I did. So how did that come to be? It worked. Out. It was. A, I mean, you know, of course, I told her I wanted one, but I had no idea what she was doing. And uh, she said she put it together in our closet. She was in there with a flashlight, <laughs> screwing it all together. And it's a nice little wood cart. You know, it's perfect for those splits that I burned yep. on Jolene. Uh, I don't know how long it's going to hold up. It was more the thought on it. But she had a little custom how to barbecue right sign made. That she zip tied to it, so it's you know a lot of thought went into it. Yeah, I remember hearing prototype for a heavier one that I try to get made from somebody. You know, one that hold up. Yeah, perfect. So I remember hearing it on your podcast, uh, and you might have mentioned how you had just been on my show, and that the thing that you were talking about when you were on the last time was this rolling wood manger, and uh, lo and behold. You know, that's somebody that see. This is how you know you got a good wo- uh, woman, Malcolm. She's she is actively listening. She's not tuning you out or just giving you a head knob or a uh-huh or something along these lines. She's mentally taking notes and then producing when it counts. She does. She got you know. She does a good job with that. I also uh, got a new guitar, so get to bang around on a new guitar. And uh, are you a guitar player? Uh, a rough one. I, I like you know. I, I like to. Have a little uh, little brown liquor and <laughs> strum on a guitar a little mm. bit here and there. Uh, could you play a little Highway to Hell or Stairway to Heaven or something along <laughs> these lines? Or what do you jam? 
I grew up learning to, you know, learning the old, the, the classic rock. Now it's classic rock. At the time it wasn't, but I, I, I find myself playing more acoustic, you know, a little country, a little folky kind of, you know, rock still. A little bit of it all. I would say maybe a little country, considering your brother's name is uh, Waylon. I mean, that's one that's of the it. original outlaws, right? <laughs> wow, we. That's exactly right. Uh, Malcolm Reed joining us here on the show. How to barbecue right or how to bbq right dot com is the website. You can obviously find him on YouTube, social media, and all that good stuff. As we look back, Malcolm, on twenty nineteen, lots of great things happened. But from a food perspective, and as somebody who has to kind of have their finger on the pulse as well, so you're being in the right trend and having what people want available. What do you think the top one or two food stories of 2019 for you? were? Well, let's see. I don't know if you you have Popeye's chicken. In your, in your oh, yeah. I mean, was that, the, was that the biggest still, topic on the show for like six months? I haven't got that Popeye's chicken sandwich, man. Every time I go, they're out. Yeah, I hear and you. So I mean, that's, that, you can't get any bigger than that. It's not really barbecue, but uh, that was a big one for me. Um, I had beef cheeks for the first time last year mm-hmm. out in Texas at, at uh, Matt's Meat Church, and uh, I did a recipe on them a few back, trying to you know my take on them. And for me, that was an unbelievable cut of meat. If you've never tried beef cheeks, and you could do them on the grill, I mean on the smoker, it's just break, getting some flavor on them and breaking them down and making some really good tacos with them. And if you hadn't tried it, you need to try beef cheeks. All right, and you got those at Sam's, right, or was it a big box store? That's exactly right. Sam's was carrying them, and I've never seen them before. Um, this was, you know, I don't know if it's, you know, kind of the Hispanic influence coming into stores now. You're seeing more cuts of meat that, that, that uh, you know, they cook a lot in their cuisine. But I've, I'm seeing tongue in there now. I'm seeing a lot of cuts that, that we normally don't see in, in Sam's Club. And hmm. I'm excited about trying some of them. You may see some uh, lingua tacos coming from me this year. Hey, I mean, you, you have no aversion to trying tongue or anything like that? You'll eat it? I've never I've never tried it, but I've been researching it a little bit, and that's that's kind of the true style uh, Mexican tacos. So hmm. I'm uh, kind of excited. I I am only guessing, but perhaps at some point this year on How to BBQ Riot's uh, YouTube channel, we might see you do like a whole cow head or something like that. True barbacoa. Do you know that would be? I've never I've never seen one in a store, but I have seen the pig's head. So I've thought about playing with that. Doing the whole head and making it down, doing some pork tacos that way. But a beef, you know, if I could find a calf's head or something like that, mm-hmm. man, I, I'm I'm game. Yeah, that may be. I need to bring an expert in on kind of to teach me how to do that because that's what we're going to try to do some this year. I'm going to try to bring in some more guests and uh, do some learning. You know, I, I'm all about learning something new and sharing it with people. So that's that's exciting to me. All right, so uh, you kind of give us a, a tip off of what you might be planning for the YouTube channel in 2020. We'll get into that a little bit more in a second. But as far as just food trends, uh, maybe uh, more live fire based, do you anticipate or are you predicting anything that is going to take off or maybe something started at the end of 2019 that you really feel is going to find its stride in 2020? What do you see? Man, you with with this new Weber pellet grill coming out, how can you say pellet grill cooking is not going to be bigger than ever this year? Yeah. I'm expecting to get a heavy dose. You know, you see a heavy dose of pellet grills. There's going to be a ton of them sold. I see, you know, Green Mountain's one of your uh, your, sp- your sponsors for the show. I'm sure all those companies are going to be kicking butt this year. Well, I know Weber's coming out. Uh, I think it was a week or two ago. You saw uh, Pellet Boss come out with a brand new line. Uh, I think two are in that Platinum series. And I, I agree with you. I think pellet cooking is definitely going to find its stride this year. Uh, some of my embedded correspondents thought that Weber is a little late to the game and that they are going to be missing out, but I was taking more of a, a contrary position. I think that, uh, are I mean, are they late to the game? I mean, I don't know. When you start to break out numbers and you look at percentages of market infiltration, I think pellet cookers is still somewhere in that 3 to 5%. I mean, it's uh, infinitesimal when you look at the rest of the cookers and the market share that they hold. So when you have a company like Weber bring their pellet cooker to market, uh, Weber's like the biggest name. Okay, let me rephrase it. Weber's the biggest name in the industry. So when they show a pellet cooker, that is a way for the general ham and egger to sit there and go, hey, well, I have a Weber. My dad has had a Weber. This is kind of a new Weber, but I better look at this, and maybe this is something that I consider. Also, I think that this is the year where multiple cookers will find their way. I mean, I know it's been happening and happening, but I think this year you will see somebody that has 
a dedicated charcoal cooker, whether it's a Weber kettle or a Weber Smoky Mountain or a, a charcoal fired cooker of whatever that is, and maybe a gas cooker, and then a pellet cooker, or at least two of the three instead of just one. No, I think you're exactly right. I mean, it's uh, people are. It, it seems to me it's, it's still trending that people are wanting to cook at home. They're wanting to learn, uh, cook some of the some of their favorite foods, and definitely use live fire in some kind of way. Whether it's with the actual charcoal fire, whether it's a stick burner, whether it's a pellet grill, and um, it's it, it's going to be well, Weber can only do good for that for that sector, bringing in pellet grills. And I'm even see, I know you've probably seen it too. Some of these commodity style cookers are at are looking at adding pellet features to them too. So when you get all those guys in the same market playing, it's going to bring more awareness uh, to what to what they're doing with those pellet grills. Malcolm, I've asked this question before, and uh, especially when I talk to either the pit temperature control device folks or pellet cooker manufacturers in general, do you think it at all feeds into, uh, I th- well, it's no surprise that when uh, people look at Americans from the outside in, they think that, you know, hey, they're rich. Hey, they have everything. Hey, they're lazy pieces of crap. Uh, and pellet cooking could potentially feed into that stereotype. Do you think that that's a lazy way out? And I'm talking, I'm asking you as a guy who has, you know, one or two different kinds of pellet cookers on his uh, backyard right now. I'm uh, certainly in your same position as well. Do you think that it's a lazy man's way? Well, I, I don't know about that. I, I think as far as. People from outside the United States, they don't have access to a lot of the woods and a lot of the fuel that we use for traditional barbecue anyway. And I've seen a lot of these pellet type products come from some of those countries, uh, mostly like, you know, European countries, places like that. Um, And so I think that's going to transition over to what they're doing anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, for them, barbecue or broiling is a it's a totally different thing than what the the American style. I think you've got some that are really interested in learning, but. To me, it's like you can, you can educate those guys fast with all of it because they're so new to it. HowToBBQRight.com is Malcolm's website. If you haven't checked it out, make sure you hit that up at some point. Now, uh, let's go ahead and talk about the YouTube channel. Of course, uh, we love to sit here and tease a little bit and call you the YouTube barbecue sensation. But look, I mean, that's really kind of the case. I was just talking to somebody who, I mean, you just would have no idea who he is. Just some guy around here, uh, local Cleveland on the east side. And he said, hey, I've, I once talked to Malcolm Reed, and then I relayed that story to just some guy that had walked into a shop, and he was like, oh, my goodness, you've talked to Malcolm Reed. I love that guy. I want, so, I mean, you're probably less than the six degrees of separation because of how many people are aware of you. Now, there, there's been the growth of the Malcolm Reed YouTube channel. Then there has been this... Uh, wave of success that you've been experiencing so at least to me when i run a similar course there's some pressure that starts to build whether i'm putting it on myself whether you know i don't realize it's coming until i start to look back over my shoulder where you want to continue to keep the bar where it's at and then if possible raise it up so what are the plans for the youtube channel here at least in the first quarter or so well you know of course we're going to do some recipes and stuff but we're going to focus more on uh, just more content. Um, you know, we, we want to bring bring those guests in. We want to try some different formats on our video. We're, we're cre- going to create a couple new YouTube channels too. Um, our our goal, um, and me and Rochelle sit down every year and we write our goals down and we look at our last year, what we had wrote down and see what we hit and what we didn't hit. But we're looking at more of getting into the producing type uh, um, avenue for what we're doing for YouTube, where it's not just us, you know, we're, we're kind of taking the, the producer role and creating content for other people and bringing other people up through what we've learned through it. So that's kind of exciting to us. And like you said, you put that pressure on yourself. We don't know how far we can grow it, but we're going to give it our best shot and just keep rolling. From a competition schedule, Malcolm, uh, you are a guy that likes to get out and compete here and there. Uh, obviously, I would imagine the Memphis in May is certainly on the docket, but did you have anything for the first half of the year that you've uh, circled? Well, we're headed, actually here in a couple of weeks, we're headed down to the shed for their big uh, SCA rib turkey cook-off extravaganza. <laughs> we're going to that. And then uh, February, I've got a couple uh, classes that I'm going to be doing. They're both geared towards backyard classes, not comp stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we're, um, our first actual KCBS comp will be in March. So, you know, we're, we're going to do a few here this spring. I'll probably try to get three or four comps in. Uh, I've got to try to get an uh, invite to the Invitational, the Royal. I've got the Royal on the radar. 
whether I get to cook it or I'm going to hang out with somebody. So, so I'm going to be there this year. I hate I hadn't been in a couple of years. And uh, I think, uh, you know, KCBS needs some support now. So I'm going to, you know, throw some support their way. Did you see the article that was dropped yesterday? Did you take a read I, on that? And how could you not? I mean, that's been all over Facebook. And, you know, I don't have a lot of insight to that. Um, I know that, you know, things have been on a downward trend with KCBS. That's evident, but I think it's because there's so many other options to, of cooking now. And as far as what's going on with the board and all that, man, I have no clue. I don't have, I don't have a take on that. All right. Uh, now, the biggest question that I have, and we talked about it the last time, where are we with the competition trailer? Do we have pictures? Is, is, it, is it here and ready to go? Is, if not, when is it going to hit the driveway? I haven't, you know, I haven't got any pictures yet, but I actually spoke with Tracy down at Southern Dimensions earlier part of this week, and he's supposed to be working on something for me for the latter part of the week. Mm. So hopefully I'll have something we can share. Um, I've, you know, I, I put the order in for the trailer and I had all these things, and then hunting season came and the holidays, and I quit thinking about barbecue for a little while, and now it's back on my brain. So I'm excited to see what's going on with it. I'm, I may have to take a trip down the way across Georgia just to kind of see where it's at, what's going on, you know, kind of his whole production, uh, what, what he does with those trailers he's building. He's turning out some awesome trailers. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, why don't you go ahead and uh, give him a, a shout-out here? Yeah, uh, and this is Tracy down at Southern Dimensions Barbecue. Uh, they, they do cargo trailers, concession trailers, uh, barbecue comp trailers, and those guys are doing a heck of a job out there. Uh, I haven't owned one before, but I know uh, I know people that have, and I've seen his work, and it's you know I'm I'm excited to see what they're doing. They're going to do for the Killer Hogs new uh, War Wagon. So this will be a competition trailer, obviously, but will it also be something that you would cater in? Or uh, I guess a better question is, aside from competition, how do you see getting use out of it to make sure you're getting the best bang for the buck? You know, it, it's more it's more about. Uh, comfort at a barbecue contest is what this one is i, I could see us maybe taking it on some trips where we want to to cook while we're hanging out and uh, maybe not competing but i don't think i'm going to be using it for the business any kind of way as far as you know barb catering because I mean, we, we put a smaller smaller kitchen in it it's got a back porch with you know for cookers and stuff but mainly it's about keeping rochelle happy while we're at a contest <laughs> happy wife happy life that's what i think that's right hey let me ask you a listener donated question here have a question for malcolm very often in his videos he has a pile of charcoal in the cooker or in a basket and he lights a cube or two on top of it i want to know how does that light up properly i know if i don't use my chimney or set up the fire and coals strategically nothing happens after i light it malcolm how do you get it done sincerely yitzy from passiac new jersey well, I always try to put them in a, in a, in a pile to where they're going to burn. Now, it depends on the pit, the way you're going to do it. But in my fire baskets, I don't care if it's a drum or the jambo or my old hickory fire basket, I can fill the basket up pretty much and then tuck a couple of these tumbleweeds or the wax cubes, whatever you want to light, by where the air is coming in. And as long as you have oxygen coming in with those with the, the, igni the ignition from that fire source, it's going to make those uh, coals take off. Hmm. A lot of times I'll get it going and get a good area of it glowing hot, but then I check my airflow back because I kind of want to get that minion method or hmm. where it's like a slow burn across the fire basket. I don't want to get it all on fire. But initially, you'll always see me have everything wide open, maximum air, letting it flow, and then checking it back, get dialing it into the cook temp, and then I go to cooking. All right, uh, Malcolm, you want to do a lightning round? Sure, man. All right, let's do a lightning round with Malcolm That's Reed here. Here we go. Let me uh, get my – where the hell is my contestant music here? Here we go. All right, here we go. Reverse sear steak or sous vide steak? Reverse sear. All right. Uh, turkey or Chicken. Chicken. Turkey, or I'm sorry, uh, chicken or prime rib? Prime rib. Lump or briquettes? Briquettes. All right. Uh, Audi. Oh, right. Uh, Audi or Porsche? Oh, man. I'll have to be the SUV. I'm not getting in either one. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you had to pick. Ford F-250. Yeah, a Ford F-250. All right. A Ford F-250 or a Lamborghini? F-250. F-250, right. Uh, Hall & Oates or Brooks & Dunn? Oh, man, that's tough. 
Brooks and Dunn. But yeah. I love some oh, man. I love it. Uh, Guy Fieri or Bobby Flay? Flay. Ina Garden or Rachel Ray? Oh, man, I'm going to Ina. No doubt. Uh, Sweet Baby Rays or Open Pit? Sweet Baby Ray. That's right. Thank God you got that. You know how many people I've had say open pit at the end? It ruins the I whole thing. I don't know what open pit is, man. <laughs> oh, you don't? No, what's oh, that? I'm going to have to go on Amazon and see if I can't pull a bottle off. Or, I'm I'm here to tell you that while the, the flavor profile isn't the most, it's not the most offensive barbecue sausage. I mean, there's plenty out there that are, that are more offensive. But it is of such a color that you perhaps think that it was manufactured near some type of radioactive facility because the color is so weird, and when it gets on your fingers, it does seem to leave a little bit of a stain or a uh, residue color left on the fingertips, orange, bright orange. So uh, I'll have to dig up a bottle and send it your way. You can uh, check it Amazon, out. it's on Amazon, I'm going to look it up, man. i gotta, I got to... Try that. Yeah, well, uh, see if you can get it prime. Open pit, and then you know, let me know what you think about it. We'll talk about it in February. Sure, man. All yeah. right. In the meantime, go to Malcolm's YouTube page or visit the website, howtobbqright.com, and you will find him here the first Tuesday of the month in 2020. Malcolm, always appreciate the time, my friend. Yes, sir. Looking forward to February, Greg. Have a good one, man. All right, here we go. There he is, Malcolm Reed. Hitting Amazon.com as we speak in order to find... Open pit. In the best of show last week, when I was re-airing the second portion of my interview with Susie Bullock from Hey Grill Hey, unlike Malcolm, who answered the question correctly with Sweet Baby Ray's, Susie picked open pit and then quickly admitted that she didn't even have any idea what open pit was. According to Diane Mee in the chat, you can probably pick up Open Pit at the grocery outlet store locally. I mean, anymore, you go down the barbecue and grilling aisle, which in Giant Eagle is right across from all the bread. There's a lot of sauces to look through, so if you're not specifically looking for it, you could probably glance right over it. Not, I mean, just pretty uh, undescript packaging or nondescript packaging. Malcolm talked about it a couple minutes ago, or at least gave him a mention. That's Green Mountain Grills back in 2020, of course. Supplying to you some of the best barbecue pellet cookers on the market today. Three different sizes to choose from. You have a classic line. That's the original. Then you have a prime line that was introduced last year. This is a little bit more of a sturdy build. Two internal meat temperature probes. They got a peek-in window in the main cooking chamber and in the pellet hopper. Both the Jim Bowie and the Daniel Boone prime lines have the 12-volt power technology. So your pellet consumption is very efficient. So you have a couple extra bucks you want to check it out. Go ahead and hook up with the prime line. And I'll be getting together with Jason Baker here to put together his next visit where we'll be introducing some new stuff at some point. That'll happen first quarter. That'll happen Q1 2020. In the meantime, you go to the website and see where the dealers are and see some of the other stuff they have for sale, like the rubs and sauces and pellets, greenmountaingrills.com. That's greenmountaingrills.com. And yes, Open Pit isn't everywhere. That's why I said go to Amazon. See if they have. I'm sure they have. Get a bottle, stick your finger in it, turn all the lights off in the house, and then follow your orange finger. All right, we're back with an open segment. If you want to jump in, I'm happy to have you. We can talk about the KCBS article. We can talk about your reaction to that if you have one. We can talk about something completely unrelated. We're open in 2020. Stick around. We'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. 
Hey, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com. Your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers, like the Green Mountain Grill I was just talking about. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. That's CookinPellets.com. Or another website that I just mentioned, Amazon.com, sells cooking pellets as well. No matter what you like, no matter where you like to buy cooking pellets, buy them from either cookingpellets.com or Amazon.com. I'm not sure if they have uh, re reposted or reapplied or re what do you call it? Re-released? Yeah, that sounds right. Re-released their app or not? So when you're on the website, if you like apps on your phone, see or or in your particular app store check cooking pellets and see if they're there download it if it is sometimes they alert you they have great recipes and all that good stuff work on getting chris becker back on the show as well let's go ahead and race to the hotline and welcome in for the first time in 2020 from the pacific northwest it's stover the barbecue hunk hey hunk have a hunky decade Greg. i will because i did 10 years prior it was great. I can't wait to have a hunky decade. Yeah, happy New Year, man. Happy Good to have you back. We well, missed you. Yes, well, it's been a harrowing uh, week or so. I mean, we had a great embedded correspondent to our show prior to the review show last week. And then I thought, you know, I don't really like to do pre-recorded shows and things like this. But when I have to, I try to put a little effort into it. And I thought the uh, segments that I had last week were, were really good. You know, I really, after I sat back and thought about it, I really enjoyed having Susie on the show uh, for uh, the first time and the second time in 2019. And I also really enjoyed the conversation that I had with Burger Czar and overall purveyor of knowledge of hamburgers in the country, world, and globe, George Motes. I mean, he was, in hindsight, probably one of my favorite interviews of 2019. He made me want to smash my meat. That's not easy to do. You're not just a guy that's going to be smashing his meat willy-nilly. No, I used to rail against it. Now I want to do it. And now you want to smash that meat with a little finely sliced onions under your meat and then a smash town, right? Speaking of meat, can we yeah. talk about the gift I got you that you haven't got yet? Yes, let's talk can about it. reveal? I have this in, in my hand right now. Yes. I have a book from 1952 called Processing, Cooking, and Buying Horse Meat for Human Consumption by Leon Kenny. Leon Kenny. Now, is there any way, since this book was published in the 50s, that Leon Kenny is alive? Do we know that? This is what I will figure out, and I will get back to you. You know the next question is, if he is alive, is there any way we can get him on the show? Because we have to talk about our mutually shared love of horse meat, because he has obviously eaten it. Uh, I have not, although I yearn, I dare I say, opine for the day we can all enjoy some horse meat together legally. Well, if I can quote Mr. Leon Kennedy. Yes. <clears throat> in, in many other homes, distraught housewives forced to deprive their families of the nutritional value of a rich diet in meat and meat products regard those who enjoy horse meat with a curious yet envious eye. Really? These women find it difficult to find horse flesh as human food. Hmm. <laughs> it's my favorite book, Greg, and it's for you. It's a gift. It's covered in blood. Real blood? Horse blood. I'm certain of it. Wow. Well, when is Whoever it? Whoever owned this before me yeah. clearly had a great few meals. Did you, um, did you buy it in state or like in country or did you get it out of country? I bought it online the first second I saw it. I, in fact, I outbid you by like a few seconds. I oh, think. it's that book. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, you must have just beat me to it because I'm like, well, I saw it and I immediately direct messaged that guy and I said, hey, can I please get this book? I will pay you any amount of money. And he said, oh, somebody's already bought it. And I was like, what kind of idiot would buy that book besides me? Well, it's you. You're that idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm of course, idiot. the best. You know, you're, you're the in, smartest in idiot. It sold for twenty five cents in nineteen fifties, and I bought it for twenty five dollars. Really? That's some appreciation right there. Wow. Yeah. Oh, you know I love you, and I'm in love with you. Man, oh man, I can't wait. 
I will give you $35 for sending me that book. How about that? You've just made an extra 10 No, no. You got it for free. Happy, happy New Year. Yeah. All right. Great. Well, I appreciate that. And so, uh, before I go, I want to just I want to kiss your ass some more, if that's fine. Yeah, please. Hurry. <laughs> I want to compliment you because you've been covering this KCBS story in the right way, yeah. the correct way, the 360-degree way for a very long time. And if people paid attention to your, story, uh, your show, they would know the truth. Hmm. And so I just wanted to say you're doing a great job on that. Well, thank you, Stover. You, you hit for all the right it. sides. Yes, thank you. I try and hit all the right sides when I can. All right, hunk. Later. All right. Have a hunky evening. Pacific Northwest calling in. Um, that's a good transition for me. So, uh, look, if you want to jump in on this story, I'm happy to have you. Now, let me go to... Oh, dear. Well, here I thought I had my link right up. Now I got to run back to it. I want to make sure I have uh, both documents up and running at the same time so I can, uh, as they say, cross-reference. So let me scroll down on my Facebook page and pull up the article. And when we're running a show here, we do not have hyper-fast internet, I can tell you that. There was an article, and Malcolm Reed uh, did give it some reference as how could you not have seen it. This was posted yesterday, January 6th, by KCUR.org. KCUR, if you're not familiar, and I was not until yesterday, is a NPR affiliate. I think it's safe to say it's certainly not the NPR mothership. There is an NPR facility here in Cleveland called IdeaStream. There's one in Kent. The list goes on. So I would imagine this is Kansas City's affiliate of NPR. Dan Margolis or Margolis and Peggy Lowe were the co-reporters on this. And the tagline or, or the uh, the headline, Beloved Kansas City Barbecue Society in turmoil, financial distress, losing members. Uh-oh. As I had said in the open of the show, you read that and you are like, what is going on and how quickly... Am I going to be out my membership dues? Because this seems dire. And then it goes on. A board member under fire for allegedly swindling an Indian tribe in Oklahoma. The organization's $3 million Kansas City headquarters bought and renovated just a few years ago. Up for sale. The founder stepping away from day-to-day control. A CEO abruptly leaving. After only a few months at the helm. That's your opening paragraph. So not only is the headline bad, the opening paragraph is painting an even bleaker picture of what they are construing to be uh, perhaps a thief or, uh, as we say, a criminal. That the headquarters is now for sale, only a couple years old. And that the founder, that's Carolyn Wells, stepping away, uh, intimating, I've had enough. I got to step away. And then a CEO abruptly leaving. However, not named in that paragraph. The state of the Kansas City Barbecue Society, the world's largest organization dedicated to promoting barbecue, which appears to be in turmoil more than three decades after its founding in 1986. Sanctions more than 500 barbecue contests each year, including the American Royal in Kansas City. A nonprofit group with roughly 17,000 due-paying members worldwide. KCBS is in debt, according to tax records, and is selling its 44,000-square-foot world headquarters at 2519 Madison near downtown. KCBS purchased the building in late 2016 and then spent a lot of money renovating it. In 2017, KCBS valued the property at roughly $3 million. The group's CEO, Heath Hall, left under murky circumstances in July, just after seven months on the job, and other longtime loyal directors appear to be jumping ship. Hall, a Kansas City native and former U.S. Senate staffer who founded Pork Barrel Barbecue, 
a producer and a marketer of barbecue sauces, spices, and rubs, reached a confidential settlement with the organization. He could not be reached for comment. The society CEO, Emily Detweiler, at the time of this printing uh, was called and did not get comment back to KCUR. And then there is the, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's libelous, but the some, this is what it says, some former society board members blame the organization's some. We won't say names. Some former society board members blame the organization's current problems on David Qualls, the secretary of the society's board, being sued by the Peoria tribe of Oklahoma for misappropriating more than $2 million in casino management fees from the tribe. In May, the Peoria Tribal Gaming Commission revoked Qualls' gaming license after finding that he had failed to repay the money. Qualls, who could not be reached for comment, has denied the tribe's allegation in court documents. Um, look, the uh, the rest of the article goes on to, you know, paint quite a a murky picture of Kansas City Barbecue Society. Uh, paints a really bad picture of one David Qualls, not only in the uh, suit that they are talking about. But within quotes and interviews saying that he is a Trump-esque in the way that he handles business, that he is a bully, that he's the loudmouth that is running roughshod. And there is also, my favorite thing, plenty of people that were giving or talking under this veil of anonymity. Now, there's an audio piece that also couples with this written piece at KCUR.org. By the way, if you go to KCUR.org, this piece is pretty much nowhere to be found on the main page, although it was up there yesterday prominently displayed. And my initial thought when reading this was when I talked to you folks in the open of the show, I think it was three weeks ago, and at the close of the opening segment going into that first interview segment, I said, you know what? I got a packet of documents that were anonymously sent to me with a back address saying that it was sent to me by the Kansas City Barbecue Society, which has been debunked. Kansas City Barbecue Society did not send me or any of you that got this package. By the way, this reporter, Jim, I'm sorry, Dan Margulies, was also a recipient of this package. Here's exactly what happened. You know, this packet of material was just blasted out. You know, and as I suspected prior to hearing the audio portion, um, one or both of these reporters were sent the same packet of info that I got which was verified in that audio clip. However, the biggest difference here is that when I saw the packet of info, which was sent anonymously, I dismissed it. KCUR decided that a bunch of anonymously sent documents was worth investigating further. Uh, I didn't go to journalism school. I'm not a journalist. I will play one here on my show from time to time. I will do some of my own investigating when it merits to be taken place. Whatever group of people that are behind this anonymous package of info finally got what they were looking for. They sent it to at least three or four other people that I know and I've had conversations with. KCUR picked it up and did an article on it, which is, of course, hitting social media hard yesterday. And it took off like crazy, and no less than 30 different people sending me the same article within a 15-minute time frame. And there were more private emails containing the same link. And as I mentioned three years ago, if you want to talk about something here on this show, and as I leafed through that anonymously sent package looking for anybody's name, and all that it said on the front was 
uh, a bunch of anonymous members. You know what? Bullshit. Anonymous members. Put your name on it. If you don't like what's going on, if you have a problem with David Qualls, if you have a problem with the fact that the headquarters is going up for sale or that they're in financial distress or whatever the case may be, put your name on it. Talk to somebody about it. Hi, my name is so-and-so, and this is the problem that I have. KCUR might not have the same courageousness measure as the Barbecue Central show does. If you want to make accusations, if you want to bring issues to the forefront, if you want to plead your case about someone else on this show, you're going to need to use your name. You're not going to be a confidential source unless you're talking about pitmaster Ramon Gonzalez from Subway. That's different. This is real life here. If you're going to make these kind of accusations and you're going to dole out all this information, uh, by the way, if you are looking at this suit that is filed against David, uh, be sure to keep in mind, this is not a criminal suit. There is not a criminal in our midst at KCBS. Also, what maybe you didn't know, and what KCUR did not put in their report, is that when Dave was going into office to start the board term, he voluntarily told everybody what was going on with this. So this was not blindsided. He didn't keep it in the dark. Fully disclosed. If you go through the article and corresponding audio piece, you know, there's um, more than a few people or directors who would only talk under assurance of anonymity and all this stuff. And again, let's get one thing straight. This is a barbecue society. We're not talking about being interviewed about the activities of John Gotti or rolling over on the leader of the biggest Mexican drug cartel out there. It's a barbecue sanctioning body. Sack up and use your name. If nothing else, it will raise the respect level because at least we know who you are. No one's going to be coming for you. Are you fearing for your life? If you put your name to having a problem with somebody or something that's going on with KCBS, do you really think in the grand scheme of things, it's that big of a deal? But instead, you're going to randomly send these anonymous packets around and hope that someone just picks it up and starts to rifle. The sad part of this whole situation is that a internet-based show immediately disqualified it as bullshit and a legitimate NPR news outlet decided, we're going to run with that shit. Let's do that. Are you kidding me? Come on, Dan and Peggy. I don't even know you people, but you have to be better journalists than that. I think in Dan's bio, it says that he's an award-winning journalist. What? You don't leaf through that and immediately disqualify it? I disqualified it. Again, rule of thumb, lowest common denominator. If I disqualify it, a real journalist should immediately disqualify it. Then we have the response back from KCBS. Filed a little bit earlier today, the Kansas City Barbecue Society is disappointed to learn that the local publication recently published, hold on, hold on, let me stop this real quick, recently published an article that has given a group of disgruntled former officers, directors, and vendors a medium platform to spread misinformation. Packages with these untrue statements and confidential matters were mailed to various sources on behalf of anonymous parties. These packages were falsely made to look like they were sent from the KCBS headquarters, though staff confirmed they were not sent from the office. Missing from the article is any mention of the blatant ulterior motives of these individuals, including the development of an executive committee of officers during their tenure on the board who created contracts and special concessions for one another, including one whom recently filed a lawsuit against KCBS as a result of actions it took to protect its rights, assets, and tax-exempt status. KCBS 
and its board of directors fully stand by and are committed to the best practices changes currently underway and will no longer tolerate its fund. I'm sorry, will no longer tolerate fiduciary seeking to advantage themselves to the determinant of the organization, sorry, detriment of the organization and its mission. While we seek to correct the record with the journalist behind the article, we would like to immediately set the record straight on several untrue statements in the article that may leave the reader with false impressions. First, KCBS co-founder Carolyn Wells is in no way stepping away from the organization. In 2018, not this year, not last year, but the year before, the board of directors led by President Randall Bowman and the officers named within the article developed a strategy for Carolyn to transition the daily business leadership and move into a role as long-term ambassador Historian Special Programs Leadering. Executive role was created to take on the daily operations of the business as part of the leadership transition strategy. So while the article makes it seem like she had either uh, perhaps was getting pushed out or had just seen too much drama and had to leave, that is not the case. Second, the board is aware that the KCBS director's David Qualls' personal civil matter and hopes resolution comes for what Qualls believes to be a misguided attempt to use the courts to solve a private business dispute. In the meantime, the board fully supports David and appreciates his tireless efforts in furthering the mission of KCBS. Third, selling the headquarters building is simply the right and prudent business decision, which was made two years ago following an unsolicited offer and prior to any of the current challenges unfolding with the former board members and vendors. KCBS membership voted in December 2019 to approve the sale of the building. In August of last year, new CEO Emily Detweiler was hired based on her experience building brands within the food and barbecue space to help turn around KCBS, building a strong future. During that time, KCBS had been engaged in a best practices process that included a top-to-bottom review and audit of the organization's operations, including its contracts and finances. To date, the organization has found ample opportunity for improvements to arrangements approved and put in place by very sources sharing misleading and untrue claims in this article. Many of these arrangements involved problematic conflicts of interest and above-market compensation, which could place the tax-exempt status of the organization at risk. Moreover, vendor compensation agreements were based on gross revenue or after recoupment of the contractor's expenses with no incentive to keep expenses within budgeted amounts and to, the generate, and to generate net revenue for KCBS. We're confident that these changes have a tremendous positive impact in the organization and will be well-received by all except those who are pursuing personal interests and who seek to undermine the efforts through unprofessional means. We're anxious to share all of the positive efforts of Kansas City Barbecue and its mission to build a better barbecue future. We've seen solid growth in membership. We have an active membership growing by 1,000 members since October 19th. And if you are a KCBS member and you have any questions, you should contact the organization. The door is always open. That's the official reply from KCBS. So if you're reading between the lines, it seems that those most vocal in the article that was written by KCUR are indeed in a uh, process of uh, taking down KCBS internally. Conflicts of interest and more. Uh, Look, I have uh, an extreme amount of inside knowledge, which I'm not going to talk about here this evening. It's not my place. But it's unsettling just from a show perspective that this article even got written. And... I did ask uh, those people that were named in the article, too, to come on and talk about it. Um, uh, Of course, uh, there were already prior commitments, uh, last-minute ask on my part, so can't always assume that people are just going to go on the show. So there's the official response from KCBS, and again, if you missed the original article written by Dan... Margolis and or Margolis and Peggy Lowe. You can find that at kcur.org. But don't read that one and then not read the reply from Kansas City Barbecue Society. Don't do that because you will be much like the other sheep running around. And by the way, 
I heard the term, hey, this is sad, sad, sad face when they were sharing this article. Ooh, sad situation, share article. It's not sad. You could call this article, uh, I think the hot button term these days is fake news. Uh, I, I can tell you what it is. It's bad. It's a bad story. It's pretty glaring in what it was and was not including or what they were and were not able to find out. That's a disturbing situation from a journalistic standpoint. Uh, but this isn't a this isn't sad. This is greed. This is people trying to better their own position personally over and above the organization. And they will sit here and tell you that they are working tirelessly for the benefit of said organization. They have hundreds of hours in, donation this, donation that. But look into it. Look into what is being said in the KCBS response. Ask around. Do a little due diligence. See what you come up with. There you have it. The article and the official response from Kansas City Barbecue Society. All right, we are late, so Hello, let go. This is Jenny, Bell Jenny Bell's right there. Ohio, hey, Jenny and Bell. I'm listening to Barbecue Central. All right. Now, I got to figure out a way to get this clock back on track. I can do that this way. Uh, if you have any questions or emails or anything like that, or you want to weigh in after the fact, Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. If you want to do that, happy to have you. And we're back to wrap the first hour. Stick around, be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. We are ready to go to the second hour, abbreviated second hour intro as we make way for Sam the Cooking Guy. Stick around. Be right back.